0: Hi guys, welcome to another movie review or movie breakdown with me, Tabim Basha. Today I'm doing a movie called Inlayba, The Wound. This movie is uh, is uh, is is a bit intimidating to me to do because it it was it's such a um, uh, it's such a well known movie you know it got a lot of media coverage and a lot of attention from a lot of people uh, you know with strong opinions and all of that so it's a bit intimidating to do but i am doing it because this is you know this is a platform that i can do that at on sorry um so i will not um, I will not retell or narrate the story like I did for my last uh, movie that I did, which was Nomalanga and the Witch, because this is a feature-length film. And if I were to, to, you know, to narrate it scene by scene, it would take the whole day—not the whole day, but you know, it would take a long time, which I don't have. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on scenes. That were interesting to me, scenes that I learned something from, and I'm gonna, I'm just, am just gonna comment on the film as a whole. Uh, I'm gonna comment on um, how they did certain things in, in, um, in terms of script writing and storytelling, since that's my interest and focus. But I'm, I'm go- I'm going to focus on characters as well. You know, characterization is a, is a huge thing in storytelling. If you can make, uh, if you can create strong characters, then your story is, you know, more than likely going to be, um, viable. So, um, this film, let's just get this out of the way. This is a film by John Tringove. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I I apologize, you know. um. If I am pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. I don't mean to. It's a film by John Trengove, who's the director. He's also a co-writer, alongside Tandem Golozana, who's a, known, a well-known author in South Africa, and, and Malusi Bengu, who's a filmmaker and a, you know, and a writer. Now, the film stars Nakane, who's, who used to be known as Nakane Tore, he's a musician he's a singer he plays guitar and piano you know he's a musician and he is uh, he's a very gifted musician he's also a an author he has a novel out that's called pinky boys blues he's got um and now he's acting here so yeah you know he's an incredibly talented person you know so uh, the other person that, that is in this movie with Nakane is is Bongi Lemansai who plays Vija. Vija is the guy that Olani sleeps with at the mountain at the initiation camp and then there's the the guy that plays the initiate or the he plays guando who's the rebellious gay initiate that person is called nisa j nguini and we have gabrielle mini as guanda's father or mr qualo Um, this film is an hour 28 minutes long it received a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes it received an 80% rating on Metacritic a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb and it won numerous awards at the Safters in 2018 a lot of them you know and Nakane won awards as well as best actor best male actor in a feature film. He won something at the Devon International Film Festival and, uh, yeah, he got a, a lot of praise for his role in this film. And it's shocking to me that someone like him, you know, who, who's, whose specialty is music, you know, as we know it as the public, you can suddenly go into a film like this and just, you know, and just kick ass like he did Uh, but he did say uh, he does say that he takes his work he takes his art very seriously he doesn't take himself seriously but he takes his art very very seriously he's an all um, he's an artist in every sense of the word so now what I'm going to discuss mostly is the character of Olani, played by Nakani, as I've just told you. nakani uh, I mean, Olani is, a, is this guy who is just stuck. He's living a life where he's stuck. He's stuck in a job that he doesn't like. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that moment because it was such a, a subtle and it was just, it was such a, a subtle way of, of passing that on of passing that piece of information that he's bored with his job he didn't have to say it he didn't have to say he's stuck at his job um, because we could see it you know in the beginning of the film we see Olani driving a forklift you know that's his job he's got headphones over his, his, uh, his ears you know he's just over it you know with a blank face he's just operating the thing with the blank face and and he doesn't talk to anyone there. He just, when he's done, he just grabs his bag and he leaves, you know. So that kind of work environment, no one would be happy in, honestly. So it's it's um, that sort of like subtext to say, you know, he didn't have to scream it, but we saw. And also now, so he, okay, I'm going to discuss the thing of a... You know how everyone says you must write a character or a protagonist that has a deep inner flaw that they have already, um, or they already have it, you know, before the film starts. And then this inner flaw now will be resolved or will be confronted, you know, during the film or at the end of the film. But as a result of some other... Uh, challenge that's that's more superficial and that's more um, external or physical that's going to be part of the film. So as the as the character is trying to navigate this new external challenge, they will be at the same time confronting the the, the deepest darkest uh, secret, the deepest darkest inner flaw. So. His inner flow now is that he's a gay man who's in the closet, who sleeps with uh, Vija, who's also a a caregiver at the initiation camp. They're both caregivers there, so he's they sleep together. They have sex at the mountain, you know. It's not. It's not. And their relationship is kind of based on the sex because the way that it is, you know, Vija doesn't treat Olani right. And Olani sees it, but you know it's it's almost like he's he's stuck in that as well. He can't he can't now say because you're treating me like trash. Let me just move on and go find other people who might actually like me or love me. He doesn't say that because he's in a closet. You know, he's in the closet, and this one person happens to know his secret. But he also has his own secret, and Vita's secret is even bigger because. There's more at stake for him. He has a wife and children, three children, and and but he sleeps with Olani, and you know he enjoys it, but he's never going to treat him like a lover. He's never going to be, um, he's never going to 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 be loving to Polani because he's ashamed of it. He's ashamed of who he is. And I think that's where most of his anger comes from. But okay, I discussed the being stuck in a job. Now he's stuck in his personal life as well as I've just described, because now he can't he can't leave because the only place where he'll find the love or the intimacy or the physical connection that that he has. Um, Uh, that he longs for as a homosexual man is here with Vija who knows his, his secret but will keep it surely because he also has his own secret so he's stuck in his personal life as well even though he can see that this arrangement that he has with Vija who in simple terms i think we can say they're friends with benefits and it's complicated because i think that Olani might have real feelings for Vija or maybe he doesn't have uh, real feelings for Vija but he just he's that insecure you know uh, that he he actually will accept any kind of crappy treatment from from Vija because it's all he, he can get it's all he knows now the, the irony that I found in this film is that Mr. Kualo, who's the initiate's father, okay, let me stop saying the initiate, his name is Gwando, or Gwando, I'm just going to call him Gwando, um, Mr. Kualo now, who's the initiate's, who's, who's Guando's father, asks Olani specifically to be... Gwanda's guide or to be Gwanda's caregiver at the initiation camp. And Gwanda is going to be the only initiate under Kulani's care. And everyone else, every other caregiver at the mountain, has three or more, you know, has a few initiates under the, the the care. Now Kolani has has Gwanda only. And Gwanda is this really soft, really But rebellious, you know. He's on the outside. He's he's like he soft and he looks almost like he's he can be bullied. But you know, during the course of the film, we find out that he's actually way stronger than he looks, and he's way rebellious and he's very opinionated and strong, and he's everything that Olani is not. He's everything that Olani should become or should aspire to to become. Now the irony is where Olani is actually expected to guide this boy and change him into a masculine, you know, hopefully straight uh man, young man. Because the father asks her asks Olani to do that. And what's funny when the when the father asks Olani to 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 be tough on on guando and on guanda and be you know and teach him how to be a man real man what's what's funny is that olani already knows that he's not going to be able to do that but he accepts the money that is that is being offered i don't know if this is offered as a bribe but i don't see anyone else receiving parcels of money you know uh, but it might be It might not have been shown, but it might be that everyone was receiving money. But I felt that this was like extra money to say, you know, do the best you can to change my boy and make him straight, you know, not in so many words, but he was the father was actually saying, I fear that my son is gay. And I brought him here to hopefully turn him uh, straight. And then he goes on to say that he blames his mother. Uh, they didn't even want this to happen. The boy isn't even supposed to be here, according to 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 the boy and his mother. But Olani accepts the money, but you can see on his face that he he's just he's uncomfortable. You know, he's almost like, oh God, how can you ask me to do this when I'm struggling myself? But the thing is, the uh, Gwanda is not actually struggling with his identity, with his sexual identity. He's not struggling. He knows, and he's accepted it, and he's living it. You know, he wears nose rings. He, he's feminine, and, you know, he he's not hiding who he is. He just knows how to be and how to deal with it. But he comes from a, a big city, Johannesburg. And Olan is just a guy from a rural area. And he knows nothing about being open-minded, about acceptance of the different... He knows everything about conforming to everything that the village has taught him. And he's going to do that. Now... Um, And people, the fellow caregivers even say... Hey, Olani they trust you with the softies huh? they trust you with the softies and now I think because we find out la- a bit later that Olani himself was an only initiate uh, that didn't even have a guide or, or a caregiver when he was when he was going through this initiation process Um, it might have been because he is the way that he is And they wanted to teach him how to be a man or maybe he was discriminated to, you know, live there in your own heart alone and just figure things out. And, and, uh, yeah, so he figured things out and he learned to try and hide who he is, but he's not very good at it because everyone can see. Everyone teases him and everyone is, uh, just pushes him around. He's just a pushover. Let me just say that. He's a, he's a pushover. And I'm not saying he's a pushover because he's gay, but I'm saying, you know, it might be he's a pushover because he's gay and he's hiding it. You know, and it, it's sort of in, impa- this hiding it thing is, is sort of impacting on his uh, self worth and his self confidence and self esteem. As can be expected, you know, it's a huge part of one's life to to hide. And we know he's hiding it everywhere because we find Vija we hear one time Vija is making fun of Polani as usual when the other caregivers are around. He he just makes fun of him. He says one time, Hey, um, he brings up um the girlfriend issue he says that Olani has a girlfriend a church-going girlfriend you know and he laughs about it they laugh about it along with the other caregivers now uh the thing about Olani that's also funny is that instead of being tough to Gwanda as, as Gwanda's father requested he's actually very nice he's very caring and patient and you know he, he, he's, he doesn't force Gwanda to do anything he's just nice to him and you know there's a there's a, a scene where they are walking from I think they're returning from the bush or maybe from the river but they're walking through the bush and Gwanda uh, took off his shoes and Golan is carrying them is carrying them for him and we know we've heard so many other inter, um, this thing, initiates tell him that he shouldn't be wearing shoes and he shouldn't be wearing shoes because it's the rules are you don't wear the shoes there but he he's coming here is coming here with his fancy Adidas sneakers and he's wearing them So, Orlani has no intention of changing this boy, because he knows this boy cannot be changed. He himself did not change, and he went through initiation. Now, Gwanda is a, 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 as I said, he has a bit of a rebellious um, spirit in him. One time they bully him, they take his shoes, and they call him gay, they call him names, When they take his shoes, he fights them and he curses them out. And, you know, he stands up for himself. And Polani sees this, you know. And we see this young boy from the city being bullied by these, you know, big bullies from the village. And he stands up to them. And he kind of earns their respect then. And now, also he tells... Olani to stand up for himself and and he tells Olani to stop being such a pushover and he asks Olani why he keeps hanging out with Vija when Vija treats him so badly. You know. And, v- and 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 by now the kid has I mean, Gwanda has figured out that Olani is gay but he doesn't know the, the thing about Vija as yet. You know, he just thinks that colony likes Vija. But you know, he does he doesn't have the the he doesn't know that how involved Vija is actually in this whole thing. Now after Polani is after Kwanda um, tells Polani that he knows that he's gay. Why won't he just admit it? You know, you are a gay. Why don't you admit that you are a gay? If you are a gay, you know. Of course, it doesn't say it like that. I'm just I'm remem- I'm remembering this uh, series that I used to watch. It's it's a very funny uh, series called Little Britain when there was this guy very flamboyant and very dramatic very queer person who was like I am a gay I am the only gay around here anyway back to uh, the work there's a scene where Olani is forced to stand up to to Vija. you know um, and this is the same okay before we get there let's discuss the thing about money and Vija. you know why Tulan keeps going to that mountain even though he doesn't want to go there anymore he's so out of place he's so misplaced there it, it, he should just not be there and he knows it you know he says so many times in the film he says every year i come here every you know every day i do my job and i'm just stuck here nothing changes in my life Every day it's the same. I come here to be with you. I come here to help you with money. And now, you know, Vijay is being all, you know, proud and doesn't want to accept Olani's money. But he needs it because his wife just had a new baby. And Olani is just trying to... He's just trying so hard to be this loving person to Vijay. And Vijay is just... He's just not being you know the perfect recipient of all of that love and care and I will go so far as to say that Olani would have preferred if Vija left his wife for him because in the scene where where Vita tells Olani that his wife just had another baby he uh, Olani says oh I see you know u." Um, you know, he says, Congratulations, we're happy for you. Or he says, Congratulations, you must be over the moon. you know And he says it in a sarcastic tone, you can tell that he would rather they be together, they be the ones uh, you know that are forming a family and living together and all of that, you know, but it's not going to happen. And deep down, he knows, but he's still hoping that it might happen now in the go in in the scene where Olani is forced to stand up to Vija one day uh, Vija takes all the initiates and walks with them to some other far part of the mountain which might be someone's farm he walks with them there and when he gets there I mean now, by now, all the other caregivers, including Golani, are just looking for, they're just looking for their initiates, and they can't find them. And someone says, oh, Vijaya took them. So they go, Golani goes and he's angry at this because Vijaya always pulls his stance where he takes Gwanda. Without telling Olani, and I was teaming up with Kwanda. I do not know what Vita was trying to do. Whether Vita was jealous of Kwanda and Olani's relationship, because everyone know, knew that Kwanda is gay, and Vija is the only one that, that knows for sure that Olani is gay. So I don't know whether he was he was sort of using Kwanda to you know to spite Olani. But he takes all the initiative. and he goes to that farm and he says to Kolani when Kolani angrily asks why he why Vijay would just take all these kids and just go with them without telling any other guide say, I mean Vija says no they just wanted to see the mountain it's not a big deal you know just relax so Kolani says you want to see the, the the waterfall you want to see the waterfall he goes and he he speaks to this Afrikaner man, and he asks. He tells him that they would like to go into the mountain, and while they are still negotiating this, Vija just goes to the Baki. There's a Baki parked there with, you know, a lot of goats, in the in the on the in the back. Vija says, "Who's angry?" And all these boys scream excitedly, and Vija just grabs the goat and they run. Now this is just the worst thing that Vija could have done to Olani. He's getting him in trouble, you know. If you know the the situation in South Africa, um, there've there've been so many cases in real life where a farmer would shoot a trespasser or someone passing through their land in inverted commas they would shoot them or do some despicable thing to them to punish them now i don't know if you are on their land in, in inverted commas and you steal their goat because to the white man it might have surely it looked like they had a plan that Olani would distract them while these ones steal the goat so this was like the biggest sabotage of all time. And this is the thing that got Kolani so angry that he was just forced to stand up to to stand up to Vija and just say, hold the fuck up. You know? So Kolani tried to fight Vija and Vija just, you know, overpowered very easily just strangled him, overpowered him, and you know, physically, Vita is... is way stronger. He's got these huge muscles in, and... And uh, he's, he's a big man. Big, muscular man. And Olani is a scrawny little guy. But this this is a turning point because this is where... He learns to... Stand up for himself. You know? Because Olani... All... 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 Um, Oh uh, God, how all what's this guy? All Vita ever does is is use his physique, you know, to show how strong he is or how manly he is. Where whereas inside he's the most scared, the most cowardly person ever. And and, and and Olani actually tells him this. He says, you know, you're a coward. You're a coward because you don't wanna accept my help. But you need it. And we also know he's a coward. Because he would rather live a double life. Than live his truth. But he uses his strength and his physique. To appear manly. Because to him. Doing the right thing would be unmanly. Now Olani fights and he loses. In the meantime. Kwanda. Just uh, Avija gives Gwanda the knife, and and Gwanda just kills the goats in the most savage way, and there's just blood everywhere. You know, it's uh, it's um, it's 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 you know it's it's a bit cruel, but everyone cheers for him because now he's the man. He's cool. Everyone is just accepting him now. Now you know, Olani continues his back and forth thing with Vija, you know, sleeping with him, even though he treats him like that. And Vija is just hot and cold with him. When he wants the sex, he wants the sex and he'll get it. He doesn't force himself on Olani, but he might as well, you know. Um, then one time they have sex and they sleep. They, they fall asleep naked, spooning on the ground in the rain, you know. And the next morning, uh, Kwanda is looking for Kwanani because he didn't sleep in the hut and he finds them in that position. Oh my god! Oh my god! And they see him, they see that he saw them. And Kwanda then says to Vija, I hope. Uh, No, he says, does your wife know what you do here? That this is what you do here at at the initiation camp. And Vita is so mad. He is, had he had a gun, he would have just shot Gwanda right then and there. But Olani says, run, run. He's going to kill you, you know. And Gwanda runs. So this moment now is the moment that makes me believe that in the end where Olani kills Quanda, it makes me believe that he didn't plan to do it or he didn't want to do it. He may have been, he may have been persuaded by, by Vita, or he may have been thinking, you know what? That's my past. Uh, that's over. The, the that kwanda was my, you know, mentor in inverted commerce, and now he's mentored me to my freedom and. It's over, so let me get rid of him. Now, where, after he's caught them, they chase him, but they never catch him. And now it's time to leave. And all these elders are here now. These male elders of the village are here to check that the work was done properly and they burn the huts that were be, being used as, uh, as camp tents they burn them they sing They celebration and all of that it's a very happy moment and all these guides now are supposed to to go back to to the village with these initiates and present them to their families and say here they are they are men now when they left they were boys now they are men and you know Vita goes with his initiates but he's a bit behind following them we don't see the conversation between Vijay and Olani after this. What we see is Olani behind. There, it's just the two of them now, Olani and Gwanda at the camp, and they are. They they can see the burning of the huts and they can see the people leaving in song and dance, but Olani gives Gwanda these old clothes, and says. And says. Um, wear this uh you should just catch a uh, catch a a lift you should go to the high highway and hitchhike uh, and catch a lift to to the city and i'm assuming that he was talking about johannesburg which is where the boy lives you know and he's a man now so sorry Uh, which is where kwanda lives he says just go to the highway and catch a lift now he's going with him. Olan is going with Gwanda because he's also moving to the city, you know, which is something that he's wanted to do, but he couldn't do because it was so stuck. Um, all these boundaries that he had created for himself. Now he's like, you know what? I'm going to move. So they take this very dodgy path to the highway. At some point we can see the highway but it's far and you know they took these unnecessarily dangerous routes where they were climbing you know these rivers and and cliffs and rocks to climb and all of that it's it's quite dangerous but let me tell you the 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 most heartbreaking moment of the movie for me was seeing mr Kualo, guanda's father at the village waiting for his son to return like everyone else is waiting he waited for his son and I knew that he was, go- he was not going to return and it just broke my heart because in the beginning when Mr. Kualo says you know Olani must be tough on his son because his son has this softness that he doesn't understand and he just wants him to be a man you know which is basically saying he was basically saying i want my son i i hope that my son will be straight be as hard as you can on him i want him to to come back home straight because now we've heard these these uh village elders and you know former neighbors i guess of his of Mr. Qualo when he used to live in the real vill- in the village we heard them blame him for how the son is. We heard them blame him for how he moved to Johannesburg and left and forget about all and forgot about all his cultures and 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 uh, customs and ways of life and now his son doesn't even know how to be a man, how to be a closer man because he lives in in Johannesburg now we know we know like as a parent. You know that guilt even though you even when you know that you're not wrong or something is not, the way your child is isn't your fault but you always feel like you could have done more you could have done better so i felt that he was bringing the son here hoping you'd change not because he hates him because he's gay but he he just wants him to be accepted he just wants his son to be accepted you know by everyone and he feels that it's on him just like everyone else is saying that it's on him for leaving the the village and the culture behind now he brought his son here in hopes to fix him and now his son is dead can you imagine the kind of pain that he he, he felt you know when he found out that his son wasn't going to return now Olani now um they keep walking and Gwanda keeps making these really, really big and and really valid and good points about the patriarchy, about toxic masculinity, which is exactly what Vijay uh, was, you know. And he makes these valid points and he's just talking. He's having a monologue and Onan is very deep in thoughts. He's very, very deep in thoughts. We don't know what he's thinking. And, you know, it's very unfortunate for me that I watched this movie after someone had told me about it, you know, and told me how it ends. So I knew that he was was going to kill Gwanda, you know, I wish I didn't know. So I would have I would have um, experienced that scene for the first time without having any preconceptions or without, you know, without knowing what's going to happen in it. So, uh, so Olani says you do know that you're not supposed to speak about anything that happened here, anything that you saw. Gwanda doesn't say anything. He doesn't care now. It's over. He's gonna go back to his life. He's gonna go back to his friends, to his iPhone, and all of that. But Olani is worried about Vita. He, he says, "You, you know what? Vita is actually a good man. He's a good man. He's just a very good man." He's not as bad as you think. And, you know, Gwanda is not buying that. So, Colani kills Gwanda. He catches the ride instead. At the back of the truck, he's just sitting there. And the movie ends when he's approaching, when the truck is approaching a very big city, which I'm assuming is Johannesburg, in this context. And now we know he's going to start his life afresh, now, do I think that Oleni's inner flaw was con- confronted? Yes, I do think so because his flaw was—he's—he's he's built all these mental constraints around himself in his life that have kept him in the same spot year after year, and he's tired of it. He just wants to break free. He wants to live his life, you know, as he wishes to. He has a version of himself that he wishes to be, which I which I took as being like Gwanda, you know, even though he was that young. But, you know, Gwanda was sort of aspirational for him. He comes from a big city, which is where Kolani wants to go. He's gay and out and open and and proud of it, which is what Olani longs for, but he couldn't have at the time. The moment he realized the moment they were caught and their secret was out then the spell was broken he he must have thought you know what let me just move let me go away and start my life afresh somewhere else now I don't think that Polani was going to continue the life that he was living which is living in the closet and and self-hate you know because self-hate uh, um being with someone that that doesn't love you that treats you like garbage is a form of of um self hate so he did have some sort of self hate. I don't think that he was moving to the city to be the same. I believe that he was moving to the city to to live his truth and live his life and live to his true potential, unlike vija you know and and it's fine because he wasn't the protagonist who was actually you know, whose journey we actually following Vija did not change one bit I felt that in the end he was the exact same person that he was in the beginning of the movie he was the exact same person I actually felt that he would come back next next winter or next year and find another um, and find another Kulani to sleep with while pretending to be straight I truly believe, because he didn't care for Kolani as a person, he cared for Kolani as a, as a Buriko, you know, so he could have, he, it just seemed the same, he didn't change a bit, he's exactly the same as, as when he started, you know, and the cruelty they do to Kwanda was just unspeakable, they should not have killed, they should not have killed him, and I'm speaking as a human being, they should not have killed him, but as a as a, as um, a storyteller I can understand that they had to kill him because you know their secret will be out in the village and everyone will discredit them as caregivers which is probably all that Vijay does because we don't hear we, we don't hear about a professional proper job that he has and he struggles with money and you know, everyone would say now, uh, would actually suspect that they were forcing, you know, these boys into doing perverted things because they're gay. And people from the village actually perceive being gay as being perverse, you know, in inverted commas. And it would just ruin Vija's life. So I also think that. Olani killing Gwanda might have been a selfless act to save Vija. To save Vija's life from because now he's back to square to square one, he's back to he's back where he started, where nobody knows his secret. And um he can just carry on with his life. But Olani was moving on to a new life. To a better life. To the life that he's always wanted. But has always kept himself from having. Because of fear. Now he's met this boy who was fearless. And he learned a lot from him. Which is ironic. Because he's the the boy was the one that was supposed to learn a lot from Olani. But Olani had not, nothing to give. And everything to take and learn. Um, now, now um, I've spoken about Olani and Vija's journey or, or character arcs. Now, I think that the role that Gwanda as a character played in, in Olani's journey is a mentor, that role of a mentor. I don't remember whether it was Joseph Campbell that said... There's the must be. You know, in the whole hero's journey thing, there's the mentor... And at some point the mentor must leave the protagonist or the hero's journey and the journey and the journey continues with just the hero having learned everything from the mentor so i think that Gwanda was just a mentor now let's talk about the controversy of the film now as as uh, hopefully everyone who's listening to this knows and saw the 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 film at some point I I only saw it last year, towards the end of the year, and I just watched it last night to refresh my memory. But when it was released, uh, people in the Xhosa culture, more 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 especially, were so angry that it was that this movie was even made. You know. Now, what confused me was whether the control the 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 outrage was in reaction to the showing of the circumcision process or it was actually in it was actually to in reaction to the sex which was rather explicit you know mm. between two men or maybe it was in it was in reaction to the two connecting you know, but 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 um, I do understand where they're coming from, but also I think we need to think of art as as um, um, you know, the artist's work is to create the work and put it out there. And once they've put it out there, it's up to you as the consumer of that art how you how you take it, how you perceive it, how you you receive it you know it's up to you so if you take offense then you take offense maybe the artist did not mean to offend maybe the artist did not mean to belittle anyone you know and I don't think that anyone was belittled in the film but then again I will say that I'm not and I'm not a man so maybe I'm I'm being a bit insensitive there However, I was I was I was in a, in a, in, a, in in the audience at the Durban International Film Festival in 2018 when this issue was raised, this issue of uh you know having topics or subjects that are sort of you know uh sacred cows and and, and I think the title of the of the discussion was actually are there any sacred cows in filmmaking? which is basically saying uh, should there be things that we are not allowed to make films about we're not allowed to show we're not allowed to tell stories about and you know the discussion there was a lot of producers on the on the panel and a lot of creative people fortunately there were producers and the director and the and uh, yeah, there were producers and directors, or, and the director of Ingaeba, and Ingaeba actually ended up becoming the the topic or the subtopic, uh, or the point of focus of the whole discussion. Everyone was referring to Ingaeba now, and using it as an example. And in the you know in the process, I, I ended up thinking you know, I understood that many people felt that the movie was offensive, maybe because it was told by a white person. You know, it's a white person's movie. But, and then people raised the issue of people who come out, you know, outsiders who come and tell stories of people that they do not belong to. And, you know, and I have, I have questions about that, actually. How far are we willing to go and how specific are we willing to get in saying you should only tell stories that are about what you are, who you are, or what you've experienced? Are we now going to say you black, you can't write a story, you can't tell a story about a white person, or you white you can't tell a story about a black person, you are female, you can't tell a story about a man? You, you're a man you can't tell vice versa are we going to say you're old you can't tell a story about a teenager you teenager you can't tell a story about an adult you are South African you can't tell a story about a British a British person I mean think about um, Sheikha Kapoor's um, Elizabeth the first film that movie was told by outsiders the star of the movie is Kate Blanchett who's from Australia the director is um is Sheikha Kapoor who's Indian. And both these people are outsiders. They're even people that were colonized by the British. So their point of view might might have been might not have been very trusted. But look how how, how great their movie was. It was so it was it was amazing. And it launched um Kate Blanchett's career as a as an actress. So I'm saying if someone is going to tell the story passionately and truthfully, and I'm not saying factually, but I'm saying truthfully, because there's a difference between facts and the truth. If the person is going to do the story justice, and if they're going to respect the people about whom the story is, and if they're going to do their research properly and not offend, Intentionally, but present the work, and have and and hopefully provoke a conversation or a discussion, and have people react to that. You know, because the work, the role of art is to hold a mirror to society. You know, and then we see we see ourselves in the movie, and we react to it, and hopefully a change is inspired, a positive change is inspired. But you know, movies are not meant to be educational. They are not meant to be. Factual, because they're not documentaries. They are films. They are meant for entertainment. Mm-hmm. But it is the way that we are wired as human beings. We learn from watching, or we enjoy watching other people's experiences in life. It's just how we are, because we are empathetic creatures. We want to empathize with people. When I watched Elizabeth I, I did not watch to see you know what what historical fact was actually inaccurate or no i was just watching a movie and it was flowing and it was taking me along this woman's journey to becoming a queen you know the mighty virgin queen that's all i cared about honestly i didn't even care that it was made by an indian with an australian star and it was about British history. I do not care because the story was told well. I think that if you can tell the story well and respect the people whom you're basing it on, I mean, come on. I think you should be allowed to tell that story. It's art. It's, it's, it's all fake in the end. In the end, it's all fiction. It's not documentaries. Um, so now... I want to discuss, uh, and I'm almost out of time, but I want to discuss Nakane as an artist. I just want to say that I'm a huge fan of him. I love him. And I think that he's, he's probably the greatest artist of our time, especially to come out of South Africa. And I know that he's going to go very, very far. And what else did I want to discuss? I wanted oh I wanted to comment on the language. The language was so impressive in the film. The they used proper Kosa. You know I'm Nguni because I'm Zulu, but and I you know by default you understand uh, most of what the other language says. If you if you Nguni there's four languages in the Nguni. Um, tribe. if you, if you understand one, you almost by default understand most of the other three. But the closer was so good. it was it was so it felt so bombastic to me. most things I had to just rely on subtitles and it sounded so good to hear um closer being spoken so well in a film and and you know so i, I give props to the translator who I think was 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 tandem polzana again, and now the there was there were so many scenes where there were extras you know that like the elders the the elders of the village um, where there were you know when you when you're watching a scene and you, there's so many extras and they're having their own lines and they're reacting to things or they're having their own conversations and most times and I've seen this with uh television when I watch South African television I've seen this where You know you can the 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 extra it just doesn't feel natural it doesn't feel organic but in this movie i don't know how they managed to to pull it off it was just so natural it was just so it almost felt like i was there and i was just overhearing people's conversations while i'm actually uh a part of another conversation you know the the actors that are that are actually driving the scene you're focusing on them, but you're also hearing overhearing these little conversations going on in the background and it just felt so natural it was like a home video of a function and I don't know it was just so um it was just so well done so thank you to the creators of the movie and thank you to the actors who did such an amazing job and you know. Um keep creating great art and bye bye